0: Of singularity is is much 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 closer than we think, and we are at a really important moment where we can make decisions that are going to affect the deflationary world. And, um, this is much bigger than just uh, it's as it is both much bigger and also what could be bigger than, uh, than a value revolution. Um, I've heard this, this phrase a few times, but the internet sort of gave us. Culture of abundance. Uh, we've been exploring this "everything is free now" world um, for a long time now, um, and with Bitcoin, uh, we realized and rediscovered the importance of scarcity um, and the yin and yang of abundance and scarcity. Um, so here we are again, um, at, at a looking out into the void, uh, standing between. Um, the meeting of, of scarcity and abundance of, of, of freedom and of equality of uh, big states and little states of big blocks and small blocks um, I'm not saying that I have an answer I'm saying that we need to understand and learn from our previous dispositions and disagreements uh, because we've always just learned what didn't work uh, we are learning now that where we are now is not working so rather than uh, make this a bloody conflict let's let's come together as humans um, and and handle this with, with class and dignity and understanding um, that this is just another echo of uh, you know this great the great polarity and the great yin and yang um, you know coming to fruition okay uh, this week on sacred economics we're gonna do another sort of departure episode from the you know, more sacred less economics, um, although of course, always with the wrinkle that uh, those ideas are incredibly intertwined in this this yin and yang of um, idea and, and value and time and energy and all of these things that we've discussed at length here and what this has to do with Bitcoin. But the idea for this week, the concept is the idea of Bitcoin not being a an invention in the typical sense, but rather being a destruction. And that age-old, you know, adage of uh, the creator-destroyer concept. Um, and in fact, that idea of, you know, Bitcoin being a bubble is incorrect, and really what it is, is the pin. That's certainly not my idea, not something that I'm trying to take credit for, but um, we're going to extrapolate on it a little bit uh, this week, and I think uh, the way I, I always like to frame this is uh, Herman Hess, uh, Damien, has this quote towards the end as the characters kind of coming to these realizations and this there's this line that uh, goes if the chick is not able to break the shell of his egg he will die without being born we are the chick the world is our egg if we do not break the shell of the world then we will die without being born one of my favorite authors and I highly recommend absolutely reading Damien um, and basically everything he's written, um, but I think that this is very telling about where we are, um, specifically at this moment. What is Bitcoin really doing? It's destroying these, you know, pre-assumed um, conceptions of what it is to be a human participating in the grander society on, on Earth. It's destroying the possibility for fiat manipulation. It's destroying the, 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 the bedfellows of, of money and, and state. It's destroying the petrodollar. It's destroying this uncertainty in the time energy equation of human society And that can't be understated. Um, It's through its simplicity and through its, you know, protocol verifiably so, auditable mitigation of resources of this limited ledger space. um, It's destroying the man behind the curtain by Destroying the curtain, and by and by, in this theory of obscurity way, um, removing any ability for the creator, the rider of this this horseman of this apocalyptic beast, uh, by removing the ability for the creator, or the creators of this um, this new way to aggregate power, sort of how we talked about last week with Washington, you know, retiring and wanting to not be this corruptible you know entity having now just you know won the the favor of you know america's constituents by winning this war and and fighting for what they wanted he he had you know lived through the oppression and he wasn't fighting for personal gain um he was well he was fighting for personal gain but not for personal gain over others he was he was fighting for Um, the sovereignty of the individual so that he could go be what he wanted to be Um, as a studier of these philosophers and as a, you know, friend of Franklin's and Madison and Hamilton and all of these minds, you know, that had read Locke and had been influenced by Plato and sort of the, you know, kind of the the Masonic underlining, underlyings of the American Foundation. Um, They're real. They're true. They're not, these aren't conspiracies here. These are just true. And when you learned you know what are the things that these kind of groups believed in, um, you can see this absolute thread of thought in this ideas evolution of how we got to America and why we have these things like the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and and these these from a technological standpoint, um, these innovations that are really, you know, destroyers of uh, the old world. Um, Bitcoin is a dismantler. Uh, it, it, it dismantles these power structures, um, but much in the same way, you know, we acknowledge that energy can't be, you know, created or destroyed, it's merely transferred. Um, Bitcoin has this moment and this opportunity to use this volatility to take these building blocks and these pieces and these you know these parts of this old world these these payment rails and these structures and reconstruct them and break them apart into their pieces and find you know fundamentally the things that we like about this you know there are things about the dollar that are that are much more convenient than things about gold right so how do we learn from both of those things how do we how do we keep the hardness you know, on layer one, um, but still have the convenience of of the layer two stuff Um, to sort of give a shout out to Nick. uh, There's a great book um, called Layered Money that really does an incredibly good job of of painting the the historical context of um, the the money evolution as a technology. And so what Bitcoin is really doing, um, you can see there's these brilliant charts in his book these infographics, these, uh, <laughs> these they're, they're triangles, you know, pyramids of layered money. And you can kind of see how, uh, you know, how and why historically um, these, uh, you know, these ways were constructed. Um, and they were done on purpose, of course, um, in a lot of ways. And then also um, just naturally, um, there's sort of a physical quality of, of, you know, the static energy and of, or gravity and, and, and sort of how things do amass and flow to certain areas. And especially when you build, um, you know, structures like we've, we've seen with the, the contillionaires that surround, you know, the, the spigot of the money printer. Um, it's not just an American ideal, we've seen it many times. We've seen it in America many times, as we've talked about last week, but everywhere. We're seeing it now in Japan, we're seeing it in Canada. I mean, if you think our, our you know, M1 and M2 charts are messed up, you should see Canada's. Um, so this idea of, of, of Bitcoin not being this bubble, it's not this creation of, of excess, it's really this sharpened, um, focused pin that is, um, popping this, this credit bubble and, uh, or this debt bubble, really. I mean, either one, either way you want to look at it, but this, this imbalance of, um, human capital and human time, um, you know, this, this inequality that was created from this unbalanced, um, I like to sort of look at it as like a circuit. Um, We're all electrical, we are electrical beings, Um, you know, every, every, every molecule has these, you know, static um, electrical um, relationships between the two of them. Um, You you know, you can see it really clearly in sort of the paradox of water as like a molecule and, and how, um, you know, hydrogen bonds in, in water molecules sort of pair off these uneven, you know, charges and create, you know, that's how we get these ability for capillary action and all of these really strange things that we see water do. Um, why water is a, like a different compound um, than, than other liquids and, and why it has these kind of unique physical properties is because there is sort of this, you know, this strange uh, duality you know, again, this polarity of how water works at an individual molecule level, and then at this more often seen, you know, two um, two particles coming together because of the <clears throat> the bond of the, the the offset of the hydrogen um, polarity. So now I'm talking about atoms. Okay, we really lost the script here, but no, we haven't. Um, in 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 this thinking of the you know, the monomyth, right? We've talked about it a bit here. This, you know, kind of famously uh, written upon by Joseph Campbell, um, but also I think um, Borges has some of the fundamental writings on the monomyth and how uh, this general trope and these general, um, you know, stories that we hear can all kind of harken back to these origin stories and how there's so many unbelievably fundamental similarities between um, origin stories from, you know, civilizations that never encountered each other in any way that we know, um, but they came to these similar, um, you know, tropes and these, these similar uh, physical expressions of, uh, of volatility and these like fundamental truths of polarity and, you know. Um, so this idea of the, the destruction of something being the creation of something is, is very um, attuned up and down the line, um, you know, as above, so below of our physical world, of our social constructions, of our celestial bodies, and then at the atomic level and this whole breaking into the part is sort of a, 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 a trope of the yin and the yang, of, you know, Lucifer falling from heaven, the splitting of the atom, um, the, uh, the part leaving the all to learn more about the all, right? If we're these uh, expressions of the universe sort of exploring ourselves to get to know ourselves, you know, fundamentally, you know, we are all of the same, be you know, the same physical equation. We are all parts of it equally at some fundamental level, um, and there's it, it's very apparent when you when you look and you know the more and more we learn the you know the less we know, but when you get down to that you know subatomic level and you're looking at you know how quarks work right and how atoms are made up, even within the system of quarks. Um, there, there are, there are innately these paired beings, um, and because of these, you know, positive and negative, you know, polarities needing to equal each other out, but there's always these like uneven um, pairs at at the subatomic level, which sort of creates this, you know, never canceling um, power equation and this energy equation that sort of lattices out across. You know our reality, and so Bitcoin is this. Um, it's a new. It's a, It's a new fundamental um, change to the to the the sort of lattice of, of human experience. And uh, what it's doing is it's 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 destroying the manipulation and the devaluation of, of ideas in the idea economy. So, you know, there's new platforms coming out now, like like Sphinx, or um, you know, the, these other these other really interesting expressions on top of of the of the base chain, um, that are are allowing and using you know the protocols of the internet and of of, of Bitcoin to uh, you know remonetize and recommodify. Um, ideas, and rather than the people that run the payment rails and are in charge of, you know, the railroads or the newspapers or the TV or the radio stations, um, instead we have this this uh, economically incentivized decentralized network that we can transfer ideas upon, and so we're we're destroying this this rigid grid that was set, you know. You know these rails were set before we were we were even old enough or born even to agree to the these you know these equations and and these um, you know these infrastructures and so Bitcoin is destroying these uh, these webs of uh, of censorship and of um, devaluation and manipulation of of of, of ideas, which is which is just, so, cannot be understated. Um, of course, you know, there's, you know, you could, you could say that there are trite things that Bitcoin is doing with, you know, get rich schemes and this stuff, but that's not really a fair valuation of what's really happening. Um, it's really important that ideas are able to be monetized and re-commodified um, instantaneously by the people that have them. Um, because it allows them to actually do something at the moment of of a revelation, of a Renaissance, right? I mean, even even the Renaissance, you know, you could argue was a, you know, was due to financial change in that moment. Um, Alan has a great piece about that that you know I have, we have linked in the ARBank Discord, but um, you know this idea of Bitcoin being Venice. Um, but there's, there's an absolute reason why, you know, these great ideas and these, these incenti- incentivized, you know, creativity um, has come at, at moments of, um, you know, financial change and of financial technology change. I know there's absolutely no surprise there. Um, and so I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about one of my heroes um, who I sort of found around the same time I found Bitcoin but I think their ideas being so similar to me hadn't really occurred until you know the last year or so. But um, John Cage, um, a composer and, uh, and mycologist, um, is probably most famous um, for really two things, and I think both of them are very related to, to Bitcoin in a way. Um, but <clears throat> the first thing that he's... Really famous for, is uh, using chance in his compositions, and I think it's a really uh, important um, re, you know, reconstruction of what music is about. And he was having this direct, visceral reaction to this new, you know, music technology, um, Muzak, really, literally. Um, that was sweeping everywhere. And he was seeing it, you know, he lived in New York and he would tour and go around the world, you know, go around and educate and, and perform. But he, he was realizing that no more was there silence anywhere. People were piping in sound for the sake of sound um, with really little regard to what they were actually taking in or whether or not the music that they were piping through the department store was, you know, really an expression of an important idea that people needed to hear. Um, so he, he did a couple things to, to react to that, that truth that he found, that horror that he found. Um, and so we started incorporating, um, chants, like the, using Ching coins and, um, and mathematical randomness, um, to take down the, the hierarchy of organized sound and removing the composer from being this, um, you know, almighty uh, influence over the, you know, the expression of, of uh, the truth that was, that was going on in a musical moment. And there used to be tons of improvisation in, you know, Mozart and, you know, obviously folk music and, you know, the history of, of how music evolved around, you know, human society. Um, and he, he was noticing that there was a, a commodification that was um, doing really, really dire things to what the whole point of music was was all about. Um, and then his other, you know, probably the most his most famous piece and the thing he's probably the most famous for is this piece called Four Thirty Three. Um, and the idea of it was he went up and you know, in in a in a uh, uh, a contextual way, so he would frame it quite literally, at like a performance hall. And that was a really important thing that he was playing with. He was, he was friends with Duchamp and, and with de Kooning. <clears throat> and there's actually a, uh, he, I guess he had this, this moment with de Kooning where he was sitting and was explaining this piece. And de Kooning, you know, drew a, a rectangle on the table where they were eating and threw a bunch of crap in it. And he was like, see, I drew a frame and I put some stuff in it. Like that doesn't make it art. And, and Cage thought that it did actually, and that the, the frame really was the 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 context. By creating the border around the frame, you're actually destroying the, the you know the, the possibilities outside of the frame, and you're focusing, um, being like, no, look at this. Don't look at everything. Look at this. And uh, so his piece 433, he would get up, set up, you know, orchestra or a, a piano. And they would, they would count it off, and they'd sit there. And they'd turn the page. When it was time to turn the page, they'd all be counting along. <clears throat> but it was a silent piece. And people did not know how to handle it, because people had been trained so long to, um, you know, that this is what music is, this is what it is. You know, it's this idiomatic hierarchical forms. There's these architectural structures, these, you know, mathematical... Um, you know harmonies and things that we like, right? Things that we're trained to like um because we're brought up in them. And then also, you know, of course, you know physical fractals and and you know, literal, you know, vibrational equivalence between, you know, you know what what makes something a, a tritone uh, versus like a perfect fifth if if you're mus- musical musically trained is, you know there's there's a um a frequency that, you know, harmony is literally. Geometrical, you know, symmetry, right, at the waveform level. So, I, 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 sort of at its core, four thirty-three was teaching people to listen to everything by having them listen to nothing. So it wasn't about, you know, uh, you know, it it, it it wasn't to say music's pointless. And you know everything is just as good as music, and let's just walk around in a, ba- in a in this negative way, like fuck music. He was doing it in a way that it was to 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 encourage people to be taken to be taken aback by um, you know <laughs> this idea of everyday sounds. It's like that's so that's so unfair to the to the miracle that is everyday, and to you know the fact that our ears evolve in this way where we can hear sounds and, you know, he loved, he talked about traffic all the time because he lived in New York and, you know, to to trivialize the invention of, you know, the society amassing to this point where, you know, we created these engines and combustion engines and, you know, enough, enough, uh, you know, we were able to survive to such a point where we built these massive cities and to go out and listen to traffic is, and to be taken aback by it in this beautiful way, I mean... That's that's so beautiful to to recontextualize our experience and, and, and instead of you know falling for these traps of oh no this is what is good. This is what we should what we should listen to, right? Um, there's a there's a there's a really fundamental disconnect um, between invention and composition and creation and then destruction and And really, you know what music is, you know, there's a lot of definitions of it. And is it' organized sound? is it is it this? and and I do I do sort of agree. it's it is kind of, you know fundamentally organized sound over time, right? That's how we perceive it. So that's how we can describe it. But you know, when you walk into a room, there's there's always sound happening. And when you create something over it, you're actually destroying. Uh, the ability to to listen to that that primer of of white noise of that silence of a room. There's nothing. There's no such thing as true silence because of the you know the instrumentality of, of our bodies. And Cage knew this. And he when he was working on this piece, it's, it's, it's funny to think when he was working on this piece because he wrote nothing. But when he was working on these ideas, he he went to this room that was perfectly constructed to, you know, minimize all sounds and and um, absorb all of the you know, the frequencies and and uh, diffuse them in this way that you could, you know, hear the quietest, the lowest decibel sounds that, you know, you know and, and he, he heard his cardiovascular system and he heard his breathing and his heart and his blood pumping. And he realized right away that there was no way he was ever going to be able to create a piece that was purely silence because that's just literally not how sound and energy equations, which is what sound is, works there is no zero in that in that in that sense you can't perfectly cancel um it's like the tree falling in the woods thing you know you can't you can't cancel the um, the the sound equation perfectly if you have an instrument in there that's listening it's impossible it, it it's part of how um you know the physics of it works by by breaking that vacuum to observe it, right? Getting back into these quantum, you know, these quantum connection ideas by by creating an observation of 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 an energy wave, um, you know, you're you're destroying this you know hypothetical silence, this hypothetical vacuum, and and we see that everywhere, um, you know the the consumption culture of, of America versus, you know, where the actual creation of the things that we consume, I mean, we're so far removed from it. You know, we hear stories of what goes on in the factories that make our iPhones and, um, you know, where our computer chips are created and where our little plastics and our toys and things are made. We hear these, these horrible stories of just inhumane, you know, unfair working conditions. and, and But we're so far removed from them that, we don't actually feel the, you know, the the, the karmic sort of energy, um, you know, you know downside to uh, you know cheap electronics, right? Or like you know, look at something like the meat industry or something. You know, um, I'm not here to preach anything about that, but, um, you know, I think if uh, everybody had to go out and do and do the thing to. Uh, you know, destroy an animal to the, you know, to, to consume it, I, I think that there would be far less meat consumption if people were that connected to the actual full spectrum of the equation. And, um, you know, we can kind of see that, you know, uh, e- even more on, on, a, on a philosophical rhetoric sense, right? Like a commitment is actually... If you think about it, it's kind of more of a destruction than it is a building. Um, what you're doing to commit to something is you are you are actually eliminating the infinite other possibilities of you know what's going to happen next, and you as this this object of free will is going to go down. What roads are going to go down by committing and picking to one? You're actually you're you are really doing more you know quantum destruction than you are creation. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's really true when you sort of look at, you know, the, the other technologies of, of our era, like what, um, you know, what, what, what did the internet destroy, you know? What did it destroy? Um, it, are we going to be able to have, uh, you know, the, the propaganda work to the point where we have, you know, a land war again? Are we going to actually really, you know, see these images and see, you know, go to the theater and watch these, you know, propagandized films or read the newspaper when that's our only source and and read these things that people are telling us, you know, are these quote unquote adversaries are are saying about us? Is that really going to happen when we can, you know, go online and, and connect with someone in China or connect with someone in, you know, in in Turkey or in Iran or you know somewhere in Europe or in Russia and talk to them and be like, do you hate me? No, okay. Well, I don't hate you, and you don't think that stuff. Okay, it's just a small portion of people at the top. Okay, um. So you're you're actually seeing these these destructions of, um, of channels of uh, of thought control and of, um, propaganda, right? You know what did the Constitution destroy? You know, it destroyed, um, you know, the ability for for tyranny and for uh, religious obstruction, of religious censorship, of idea censorship, um, from being something that's a god. You know, a birth given right to a particular family, right? You know, what did the Bible destroy, right? Or the Gutenberg press? You know, having this technological advancement in in this in this time that allowed the ideas of these things to to perpetuate and and be sort of a, you know, almost a standardization of, you know, you you can, you know, people joke that the Bible, you know, the Old Testament is like, you know, 50% cleanliness laws, you know, it's sanitation advice. And I think there's a lot of truth to that where it was, you know, one of the first distributed ledgers. Um, And the Constitution was as well. There isn't like one... Example of the Constitution, like even literally in the creation of it when they all signed it, they signed multiple copies. And the Declaration were multiple copies. Um, there isn't one thing, it's this idea that is a social construct that is attributed to these ideals that every, you know, a distributed copy of these ideals so people know, you know, how to interpret it and how to live and what, you know, how to operate under these rules. This auditable, you know, uh, you know, construct of society that people can see and be, well, I know I'm allowed to do this because I can see these rules so clearly rather than being up to, you know, the whim of a, of a centralized figure, especially in a, in a mon, you know, a monarch, you know, sort of, you know, aristocratic, you know, model is, it's so dangerous to have ego and aggregation of power when we know that it is, it's a corrupting agent, right? And so, you know, speaking of the Bible, that sort of uh you know, if you use it if you look at it, you know, more as a continuation of the monomyth and sort of these ideals of um, you know, to be like, you know, how 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 to uh you know, idealistically, you know, serve each other and be better for each other. And 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 actually, you know, there's a lot of talk of, you know, sort of the end of that of the old testament, you know, sort of um, or the end of the Bible rather, being this, um, you know, the, the revelations, right, This sort of like doomsday uh, prophecy, right? But like literally what apocalypse means, it's a Greek word that means revelation, right? Revelations, apocalypse, right? So the, 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 the sort of definition is like, it's an unveiling. It's unfolding of things not previously known and which could not be known apart from the unveiling, right? So there's innately, even in the word apocalypse, which we think of as this, like, this word of destruction, right? Which it is, but um, there's a revelation to it. There's, there's, there's already like a hypocrisy within the, within the definition of the destruction where it's an unveiling or unfolding of things. That that hadn't been known before, apart from this revelation. So even within the destruction of this, you know, you know, probably the oldest, most common, you know, prophecy of, uh, you know, the end of times, um, even written within the very word that we use to describe it. There's there's a there's a construction coming out of it, right? You can't destroy something. You can just transfer the energy. Everything is is part of those fundamental rules of creation and destruction. It's just transfer, right? So, you know, Bitcoin destroys so much of this. It destroys this fight against inflation, you know, this rat race of just trying to keep up to this unauditable, unverifiable, unelected officials making these huge monetary policy changes um, that affect our, our, you know, are the fundamental purchasing power of, of these things that we give our life, our time to, right, to earn. Um, so so Bitcoin, Bitcoin destroys that idea of, of running around and hustling and, and of, of consumption and of consumption in order to, you know, to then retire when you're 70 and this and pay off these things, you know. Um, it destroys that. Um, and in order to create a new world of, of, of exploration of, of sort of what we are and what we're doing here and, and to sort of fulfill our sort of fundamental universal um, consciousness of, of learning more about ourselves, um, we need a tool like Bitcoin to destroy this, this old world. And I don't think there's ever been a tool as destructive as the internet and as Bitcoin. You know, together, I, I really think of these these technologies of course there was a separation of many you know many decades between the two of them coming together but it's really this continuation of this idea of <clears throat> you know total abundance and and total scarcity um verifiably you know for the first time really a- appearing in this this yin and yang next to each other um we, we really only you know we we feel these we we, we, we fall and are susceptible susceptible to propaganda because of these rails and we only feel the separation between us in in, in these walls that are between our like demar- demarcations you know between our demographics and what we need to do is destroy the barriers and we have to do them in a way and this, you know, I talked about this sort of redefinition of words and of meaning. We have to destroy these barriers in a way with, with extreme care, carefully, I mean, you know, powerfully and, and, and quickly, but with care and, and with ease in a way that, you know, we can rebuild them to benefit everyone. By benefiting the individual, we can gamify, you know, our biology and not reject it to do what's best for the collective because it's also what's best for the individual. That, that, hip, that uh, yin and yang hypocrisy can, can be true. You can serve yourself while serving the greater good um, because you are the greater good. You are the all. You're just a little, tiny little expression of it, living its, living its thing and doing its day to day. And this, this otherfication uh, needs to be destroyed. Um, it's, it's exceptionally important. Um, and right now, Bitcoin is entering um, a new round. Uh, this is maybe round two or maybe probably round three. Um, and it's, it's, it's entering a really, a true fight because um, this old world will not go down easily via um, uh, you know, cognitive dissonance by its you know, participants um, and then by the people that have a lot to lose Um, so they think of, uh, losing these, you know, these demarcations of power, um, you know, like, or these tokenized representations of supposed power, you know, these people that have all of these assets and, you know, big, you know, lots of zeros in their bank accounts, they feel like they're going to lose when these, um, when this power equation, this, you know, this new variable Bitcoin into the, into the time energy, equation you know, these people that think they have something to lose are gripping on hard and they're fighting in these very weird and strange ways um but so far it's been mostly uh you know sort of idea threats and sort of you know greenwashing or you know calling Bitcoin this or that and the sort of virtue attacks um but we we really need to make sure right now that the the protecting the protocol is the is the number one, um, uh, you know, ideal and, 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 and activity of a Bitcoin user. And I think it's incredibly important for you to run your own node now. I think it's really important. It's never been easier. It's never been cheaper, um, especially with Bitcoin getting more and more, you know, purchasing power as every week goes on, basically. Um, we need to destroy these centralized points of failure, you know, you only need to look at the, you know, the Suez Canal. Which we can also say is a destruction in itself, right? It's this trench, this canal that was dug through and dist- you know to to increase you know global trade. You know, seventeen percent of global trade like goes through this little this little place, right? This uh, you know centralized point of failure, right? So we need to destroy these things, um, and we sort of lost our our. Uh, Our explorative nature, our our destroyers of the fog of war, you know, of this gray unknown, you know? We need to destroy these things because as we keep continually finding out, the more we learn, the less we know. And the more we learn about energy transfer and volatility, the more we can ease the friction of experience and reality, experience in reality, right? Like there is no objective good or objective bad. But there is objective inertia systems, and there is friction, and there is pain, and there is hunger, and there is cold, and there is thirst, right? And there is famine. And these are all, you know, quantifiable objective, um, you know, expressions of, of of energy and of time in, in this this you know human equation and right now what we have to do is use these these tools that we're learning um, these tools that are letting us learn and these tools that are destroying these walls that are burning the curtain that the man is behind and showing that the emperor has no clothes all of these very important things that empower the individual and destroy that sort of separate this, this this marriage of money and state and of idea and state, right um, we, we, we can we can help each other get to these these e- this easier living these these frictionless um, you know by by consuming less and conserving more right I mean there's so many good ideas that in this sort of you know liberal ideal of you know conservation and a lot of the ideas that are in, you know, this Green New Deal concept. There there's there's good in there. It's just done in a way that's ignoring a lot of the, the physical truths of, of our systems. And I think that's the biggest part of the cognitive dissonance of Bitcoin. Um, is that people don't don't see the the destruction that really does occur in their value system and what the petrodollar really is and, and what that really means when there's this imbalance um, and inequity, because there's nothing more, uh, you know, unequal. There's no greater cause of inequity um, than, than a fiat dollar system, right? There isn't. There just isn't. It's not fair for anyone. Um, it, and we've seen that as it's been harder and harder to live and to you know, the 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 average person living on minimum wage can't even afford a one-bedroom apartment in every state now. I mean, it's basically impossible to work one minimum-wage job, um, and that just doesn't. I mean, how did we get here, right? So we need to destroy those 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 lossy, um, bad, um, you know, circuits and 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 bad wiring and fix these shorts, and we need to get this. This flow going properly that each participant in the system feels like, you know, it is in their best interest to protect the system because it is in their best interest as a, you know, as a, as a person, you know, experiencing life, um, you know, as a, as an expression of the all, right? Removing these barriers between us, destroying these other vacations, right? You know, I am, I am he, as you are he, as you are me, and we are all together, as John Lennon said, you know, as, as, as a fellow egg man, you know, breaking the egg. Um, Herman has said, you know, the end of that quote, you know, the bird fights its way out of the egg, and the egg is the world. Who would be born must first destroy a world. The bird flies to God, that God's name is Abraxas. If you studied, you know, Haas or, you know, this, this sort of occult, um, old world kind of, you know, these monomyths and, and, and kind of studied them to learn about what to do next and to learn about the future, the god of Abraxas, this idea of Abraxas is, is this yin and yang. It is this, um, the the Baphomet, The sort of, uh, the idea of Good and evil being together in, in the same entity. Um, Abraxas is is the is the you know the the male and the female. It's it's this duality encompassed in one. It is this sort of expression of the all. You know, we can have our you know our ideals and our you know lesser lesser entities and these things, but this greater being that, you know, and again, metaphorically if you um, but this greater being of the, you know, what's beyond these forces of good and evil, and it's these forces of, of just truth, right? These just universal truths, and that's what Abraxas is. And you know, this the God of creation and destruction, you know, creator destroyer, Alpha Omega, the beginning and the end. Um, the, when, the more we realize that we do stand directly in the middle of these of these poles. And um, we are able to navigate the volatility by by knowing the fundamentals of how our reality works and learning them more and more and destroying, you know, our constructs that that prevent us from seeing the reality. Right? Flip those ice coins. Do a piece of silence. You know, remember what it's like to hear your your yourself breathe and your heart pump. Go find silence because when you do that. That's when you can have these, you know, these experiences, these, these, call them divine or, or, a, you know, epiphany or, you know, in order to have those sort of, uh, you know, those moments of clarity and of, of understanding and of harmony um, with the system that's, that's occurring. Um, it's really important to, to know what you're taking in and knowing what you attuned to, right? we said it before, but, you know, humans are, are really antennas. You know we are an electrical system within ourselves, and what we what we intake, you know, on a dietary level, on a um, you know physiological level, on a um, on like a even a consumption of ideas level, right? Like what we what we take in influences what we take out. You know we are what we eat, we are what we watch, we are what we think, and then we are what we say, we are what we do, and all of those equations are are innately linked. Due to the system that way. And Bitcoin is the biggest volatile change in the history of... of basically in history of, of, of human... Um, you, know, it, you know, we've been using gold for like 5,000 years or something like that as like a, this monetary base, you know, this layer one base. And... Um, that's a really long time. That's generations and generations and generations. And we are, you know, transitioning to this deflationary world where we have a better understanding um, on the forces that are pushing us to do things because we can see the the whole system. We can verify the protocol. We can see the scarcity. We can see the universal function, um, the forgetfulness of of who wins the next block, the fairness that's there, Um, the thermodynamic... um, you know, m- mitigation around you know break, brute forcing a two hundred fifty six bit key. Um, if we begin to learn and, and see the the full picture here, we can see what Bitcoin is really doing is is destroying all of this messy and lossy, and corruptible, and 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 just wasteful um, consumption uh, economy. It's just destroying it, and 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 that's why it's so funny to me that there's so much misunderstanding about what Bitcoin is doing. People see it as this huge waste, and, and they they just don't see the bigger picture. Um, it's it's a life-changing, world-changing, thought-changing piece of technology. And when those things come around, which there's been very very few of them that have really done. What the internet and what Bitcoin has, you know, has done and will do, um, but it is a fundamental change of how we interact as humans, how we interact with our universe, and, and how we interact with our Earth, how we will interact with other planets, how we interact with time, and energy, and with each other, and how we interact with ourselves. Um, you know, the number one feature of Bitcoin that no one ever, ever really talks about um, enough—certainly not enough—is is, is, it is a savings mechanism. You know, it's a savings tool. It's a, it's a conservation tool for you, so that you can hold on to your essence, and your energy, and not waste it, running around in this rat race trying to, you know, fight off inflation and, and, and fight off rising, you know, asset prices, you know, land and you know, education and healthcare. And these things that you know you really kind of fundamentally need um, to be a, an expression of the universe learning about itself. Um, the coin destroys that. It is the greatest destruction since sliced bread. I think we'll leave it at that. Good luck out there, guys.